listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. I know it isn't going to work. And I surrender to you. I surrender to you. 
the power of your hand, to the power of your love, to the power of who you are. Thank you, Jesus. We surrender. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, praise and worship team. Thank you, Jesus. We had an awesome morning so far. The presence of God is just amazing. Just amazing. Just always what we need and exactly the moments that we need it. Thank you for coming. I, I wanted to tell you before we begin that, that we, from this point on, will endeavor to keep the doors open following the regulations and of course but to keep the doors open as best that we can of course if they completely you know shut it down for whatever reason you know uh, then you know we won't but if, if we can somehow make it work we are endeavoring to make it work so you know so keep watching I know that there's been lots of opening and shutting and opening and shutting and this is we're we're really going to try and keep going. So we believe that it's important to gather together. God's leading us in unity in this season. I, I know it. I know that, you know, when I went into, when we were going into 2021, I, I wrote down in my journal that this year would be a year where we would get to the end of it and say, I'm not the same person that I was. And not in a bad way, not like, wow, that year was so terrible. I'm not the same person that I was, but <laughs> that we would get to the end of the year because God so faithfully moved on our behalf, because God worked so deep in our lives and so deep in our hearts that we would get to the end and say, I am not. It's because of him. It's because of what he did. It's because he changed my life. I'm not the same person that I was. Getting us ready. He's getting us ready. He's getting us ready. I'm going to continue in Nehemiah this morning, and next week I'm pretty sure I can say for sure will be the end, but um, my purpose today is to encourage you. Um, I'm going to talk about the way that the enemy works. I've, I've titled this The Art of Combat, but recognizing that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but there is, um, there is a war going on. And sometimes we lose sight of that. Sometimes we forget and, and we just look at what's going on around us and, and we can get stuck in that, but to recognize that there is an enemy. And he would endeavor to stop us. And I'm going to show you that in the Word today, but... I began this series saying this, that I believe that we're in a time right now, we're in a rebuilding time where God is rebuilding his church. And that there have been, there have been structures and systems and things that we said, that's God and it wasn't. It was the way we liked it. I'm gonna take my earring out here because it's bothering the mic. It was the way we liked it, or, or maybe it was that for that season even, whatever it was, God is, 
is redoing our foundations, making sure that the next season that we go into, our foundation is strong. That any things that we've brought in that wasn't his will, that wasn't his kingdom, he's, he, he, he's doing renovations. I was thinking of our house, and, and we've been doing renovations in our house. And I said this in the first service, one of the renovations that my husband really cringes at is bathroom renovations, because he's always afraid of what's behind the walls. You've got moisture, you've got water, you can have leaks, you can have all kinds of things. So it looks really good on the outside. You can, I mean, even if you buy a house, you can walk into the house and they can have it painted and decorated beautifully, but it can be one really sad house at the foundation, at the core, behind the walls, what's actually going on. And so things can look really great. But the house can be falling apart too. That there's a rebuilding that has to happen. And I think that there are some things that the church even looked really great. But there were some foundations that need to be shored up, some things that need to be cleaned up, some things that need to be taken out, whatever. A rebuilding is happening, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But understand that whenever there is rebuilding that's happening, when God is trying to rebuild something for his glory, the enemy will oppose it. He will try to stop it. He will try to come against it. The enemy opposes God and what God is doing. And I know that we are in a, a season, and I, I speak absolutely from the depth of my heart because I feel it too, that we're in a season where it's getting tiring. I'm tired. Or one time, I, uh, a couple weeks ago, I talked about confused. I'm confused. Spirit of confusion, or I'm getting worn down. I. And I came to encourage you to tell you today, don't give up. Don't give up. Good is coming. Good is coming. And I, and I know we can look back and say, she says it all the time. Yeah, I say it because I mean it, because I know it, because I have to say it to encourage you. And sometimes we need to hear it over and over again to get us to the place that God would have us go. Don't give up. Don't give up. Courtney Berg had a dream, and I, I wish I could do it justice, but it, I'm just thinking about it right now, and I'm not even going to try and, and, and tell you what the dream was, but in it, she was in a hallway, and there were doors, and she was going to, she, she, was, she had a destination point that she had to get to, and there was people that she would minister to along the way in it, and so Courtney and I were talking about the dream and just kind of revelation that came to both of us. that even though we're in the middle of transition, don't get so fixed on just getting back to normal or getting to what's next that you miss God in the transition. That you miss what God's doing right now in us. Don't be so ungrateful. Don't be so, I can't think of the word, but just so, I got to get out of this place so impatient that you miss that God is doing something. He's doing a work in us. 
in this waiting season. This morning when I was praying, I was worshiping God and I was listening to a song by Maverick Music, uh, Wait on, Waiting on You or something like that. Listen to it, it's amazing. But I was listening to the song and God just began to talk to me about the transitions, about the waiting period where we're here and we're stuck and we're like, I know you, you keep saying we're going someplace. You keep saying you're taking us somewhere. And we're going somewhere and so we're in the waiting. And God says, yeah, don't miss the waiting. The waiting is a good place. What does the Bible say? They that wait on the Lord, he will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and they will not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Don't miss the waiting. The waiting is important for the next season that you're headed into. Be grateful in the waiting. Be thankful in the waiting. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. So I'm going to start in Nehemiah 6. And again, I talking about how the enemy comes against what God's trying to rebuild. And we are the church. And God is doing a work in us. So verse 1. Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remained. So he'd finished it. We started this with the wall was in ruins and now they have finished rebuilding the wall. And then it says, though we had not yet set up the doors to the gate, in the gates. And I felt like the spirit of the Lord said to me when I was, when I was studying this, that there are many of us, if not all of us, that in this season, the Lord is saying, hey, I need you to shut some doors. That, that, that he's been dealing with you. Maybe he's been dealing with you just putting away stuff, changing up routine. Maybe it's sin. Whatever it is, you know what it is because God's been talking to you about it, saying, hey, it's time in this next season you need to, you need to shut the door to that. that that's not going to cause you any good. That's just something that's going to weigh you down. Shut the door to it. Shut the door to it because remember, the Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I've said this before, but when there is a door, when, excuse me, when there is a thief and the thief is in your neighborhood and he's going from house to house, right? The Bible says the, that the enemy walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. What's he doing? He's looking for open doors. We know that, right? Like that people go around even cars, right? They check car doors to see if they're open. Looking, looking, who can I devour? So if you know that there's a thief in your neighborhood, you wouldn't leave your door open. And I, and I just, I feel it. I, I know, again, like I know I've said this, but shut the door. The things that God's dealing with you in your life, shut that door. For your own safety, shut the door. So then he goes on and says, verse two, it says, uh, let me look. Yeah, verse 2. So Sanballat and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. So the enemy comes and says, hey, come meet me. We need to talk. One of the ways, especially in this season that we are in, but all the time, you need to remember this, the enemy operates in the spirit of distraction. He will try to distract you. 
he will try to walk in and get your attention off of what God has you headed towards, what you're supposed to be focusing on, and, and subtly he will come in and say, hey, come take a look of this over here. Hey, you should be involved in this. Hey, you should set your affections on this. Hey, you should set your attention to this. Maybe you should get involved in this. Maybe you should be content, uh, in, no, not content with what you're doing over here because this will cause contentment. Maybe you should stop running after God and start running after money. You don't have enough money. You need to get more money. You need to put away for your future. You should try to work harder. All of the things that begin to happen, happen when he tries to come in with distraction. Hey, take your focus. Oh, you're running after God. Hey, hey, over here, over here. Watch for distraction in this season. So he says, but I realized, Nehemiah says, but I realized they were plotting to harm me. So I replied by sending a message to them. This is, this is really important. The reason why I bring this message and why it's important is in Ephesians 6, it says, put on the whole armor of God. It says that you would be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Put on the whole armor of God so that you would be able to stand because the enemy, because there's a war, there's a war going on. And Nehemiah, he says, I realize they were plotting to harm me. Church, we need to begin to realize it's not flesh and blood. It's not just how I feel. It's not just what that person's doing to me. There is a war going on. And Nehemiah was alert to this. I recognized that they were trying to distract me. I recognized. And, and so we're talking this morning about the way the enemy works because we need to recognize that he is plotting to harm us. So he says, I recognize that they were plotting to harm me. So I replied by sending a message. I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? He says, I'm, I've got purpose. I, I have a purpose over here. I've got a job to do. I'm following after the heart of God. Why would I be distracted with what you are saying to me? This is our reply when the enemy comes. So he says, four times they sent that message. Four times. You need to understand that the enemy is persistent. The, he, he keeps coming. He keeps coming back. He keeps coming back. He keeps coming back. When that doesn't work, he tries something else. The enemy is persistent because he opposes God. So then he says... Each time, four, four times they came, each time I sent the same reply. The fifth time, Sanbilt's servant came with an open letter in his hand, and this is what it said. So now he's tried something different. He's like, okay, hey, he's not coming, so now we're going to send him a letter. So he sends the letter, and he says, this is what the letter says, there is a rumor among the surrounding nations. And Geshem tells me it is true that you and the Jews are planning to rebel, and that is why you are building the wall. According to his reports, you plan to be their king. He also reports that you have appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you, look, there is a king in Judah. Oh, you can be very sure that this report will get back to the king. So I suggest you come and talk it over with me. 
He says, there is a rumor. One of the ways that the enemy operates is in slander, in deceit, in lies. The Bible says that he is the father of all lies. There is no truth in him. He can't tell you the truth. He's he's the father of lies. So he will operate in slander. And so some of it, one of the ways it can be through somebody else. Someone else can be saying something about you. Maybe there's gossip going on, whatever. But another way that is very important that we understand in this season is he will slander you in your own thoughts. He, he will begin to talk against who you are, against the identity of God on the inside of you, who God called you to be. He'll talk against your purpose. He'll do anything that he can to be able or to get you to grab on to what he's saying and, and put it in your heart and make it truth. He will turn you against you. And recognize it in this season that the enemy will come and try to plant thoughts. You're not worth it. You're no good. You're not, do you really think, do you, come on, do you really think that God has a purpose for your life after all the things you've done? Come on. He'll say those kinds of things. Or, you think that God has really called you to do that? <laughs> That's some kind of pride you have. Thinking, are you think you're that great? Messing with your head, that slander. And it'll spin out of control. Listen, when your mind begins to spin out of control, that is your number one. That's the enemy. That is not you. Those thoughts are not coming from you. Yes, it is possible to not think your own thoughts. There was, there was a time, there's been many times, there's been many times, times where it's been mild, where I can, you know, I catch myself. I don't always catch myself, though, but there's been times where I catch myself and recognize, what, where is this coming from? This feeling of worthlessness. I'm not good enough. I'm not going to make it. Who did, who, who did I ever think I was to think that I could pastor? Who? Who? God did. God called. And understand that it's, it's in my weakness that he is strong. The enemy will always play on your weakness. He will. He'll play on it. And that's where you look him in the eye. I guess we can't see him, so don't look him in the eye, but you can pretend he's looking him in the eye. You can stand up boldly and say, yeah, but in, in my weakness. That's what, that's what I need him for. That's why I need him. I'm never going to make it. I'm always, I'm always going to miss the mark on my own. I'm always just going to fall short. I need him. That's the point. 
So I remember one time I was in a hotel room with Shaylee, it was her grad. And I woke up in the middle of the night and, and this, is, this is my biggest attack I've ever had on my mind. And I just, I woke up out of nowhere, just boom, I was awake. And I was, I was being attacked with some kind of ugly thoughts, thoughts just spiraling out of control. I could not, and I knew it, I could not think my own thoughts. I was trying desperately to try and stay above water some way, somehow, grasping at anything that I could, and all I was getting hit with was, what kind of a mother are you? What kind of a, you think you're a pastor, who do you think that you are? You're terrible, you're worthless, you're never gonna make it, they don't like you, nobody likes you, and it, and it, was, it was constant, it was just, it was coming at me so fast, and at first I thought, these are my thoughts, this is, this is right, this is true, until I realized, this isn't right, this isn't who I am, I know it. And so I began to try to reach for any kind, any kind of truth, and I was struggling, and it was a war, and it went on for hours. That is the enemy. Don't you buy into it that it's you. Don't you buy into it that it's truth. And so I, I was trying everything that I could, and all that I could do in that moment was yell no, no, no. It was the loudest thing that I could yell in my head to try and block the thoughts and I just kept saying it over and over and over and over again until he finally retreated. And I knew in that moment, finally I could, I could go back to sleep again, it was done. Like two o'clock in the morning And I talked to God about it later, recognizing later on that it was a war, that I was in a war, that, that the enemy had come on assignment to attack. I don't really know the purpose of it. Maybe it was to get me to draw back, I don't know. I was literally on a shopping trip with my daughter. I don't, <laughs> don't buy the clothes. No, I'm just kidding, that's not why he was attacking me. <laughs> but, I, but I was literally like, God, I, and God said, you did good. You did good. But next time, fight him with the word. It wouldn't have lasted as long as you fought him with the word. Now, I'm older and I'm wiser now. <laughs> I look back, and, and those thoughts were fierce, man. I don't know if, I don't know if just in that moment, if I was able to even grab the word, and this is why you need to be armed. If you are, if, if this is something you're experiencing right now, if you're fighting feelings of fear, if the enemy's coming at you with worthlessness, you need to find the word of God. Get that scripture, write it down so when the attack happens, you think, you grab it. It's, the Bible says that it's the sword of the spirit. It's your weapon. If you knew that you were in a war, you would stay with your armor on and your weapon next to you. You would go to sleep armed. If you knew that the enemy would come at any time, you would stay armed. Church, we have to stay armed. We have to stay with our armor on and our weapons ready. 
That's why I'm warning you that God is so good that he comes in and says, okay, we've got some strategy. Church, this is the strategy right now. This is how the enemy's working. I'm giving you some insight into how he's working right now. So that you know the strategy of the enemy and the strategy of God. God arms us. And so you have the word of God ready. What is it that you're dealing with? And the other thing, he operates in slander. He could come against you. He can use people, but don't you partner with the spirit of slander, deceit, gossip. Don't do it. Don't partner with him. I have many verses that I'm I'm not going to read them, but I will read this one if I can find it. Proverbs 18:7. A fool has a big mouth that only gets him into trouble and he'll pay the price for what he says. The words of gossip merely reveal the wounds of his own soul. And his slander penetrates into the innermost being. His slander penetrates you. When you do it, when you partner with it, it not only affects the person you're doing it with, it affects your own soul. It not only affects the person you do it to, but it affects you. Don't partner with it. Don't partner with it. So in verse 8, Nehemiah says, he hears this and he's saying, you know, we heard this, there's all this gossip going on, reading the letter, you can be sure the king's going to hear about it. And Nehemiah replies back, he says, there is no truth in any part of your story. You are making up the whole thing. Satan, there's no truth in you. You may say, I don't have purpose. I may even feel it right now, but that's not true. Listen to me. Those of you who are struggling with your own purpose, you have purpose. That is the truth. God says, I knew you before you were even formed. I knew you and I approved of you. So he says, you're making up the whole thing. So then verse nine says, they were just trying to intimidate us imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work so i continued the work with even greater determination the spirit of intimidation the enemy works through intimidation intimidation means making one feel fear that 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 they're even in this season just feeling afraid feeling intimidated, feeling like I, I, I can't go forward. I Recognize it. Recognize what's going on in this time. He's trying to intimidate you. Then he goes, he's trying to intimidate you so that he can discourage you. Who feels discouraged in this season? Come on, honestly. Yeah. 
tired. Me too. It's the enemy. That's why I show up today and say, don't give up. Don't give up. He tries to come in and cause you to feel discouraged so that you can feel hopeless, so that you will lay down. But let me tell you something. The reason why he's trying to intimidate you and discourage you is because he can see the call of God on your life. He can see the purpose of God on your life. He knows where God's got you going. So if I can just show up and discourage them, I can get them to lay down. Don't lay down. Don't lay down. Because look at this. He says, they were trying to intimidate me. That's how he works. Then he works in discouragement. Imagining that they could discourage us. Why? And stop the work. If we can just intimidate them. This is the enemy. Guys, come here. (laughs) Talking to the demons. If we can just intimidate them, then we can cause them to become discouraged. And once they get discouraged, we'll be able to stop the work. Go, go. Go try to intimidate them. See what happens. Back to Ephesians 6, where it's talking about putting on the armor of God. He says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle... Then after the battle, here's your promise, guys. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Come on, you will be standing firm, not just broken. You won't be standing broken. You won't just be barely making it. He says, you will be standing firm. Go stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body, uh, body armor of God's righteousness for shoes put on peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all your believers everywhere. Not just pray for you, pray for everyone because we're all in this together. I I bring this word knowing it's not just me that feels this. It's not just one of you or two of you. This is the strategy of the enemy. So how do we put on the armor of God? How how do we put on it? It's a question I get asked lots. How do I put on the armor of God? Do I just go in my prayer room and say, I put on the salvation, I put on the belt of uh, truth, I put on the shoes of peace? You can do that, yes, but understand that this is an invitation to the intimacy with God. That you would go and say, okay, God. I'm, I'm headed to work today. I've got some decisions to make and I have no peace. And I know that's part of the armor. I know it's important that I have peace. I need you to give me peace. Give me direction in this, God. Where's my peace? What is it? What's the decision that I need to make? I'm dealing with my children today, God. 
I'm frustrated, I'm tired, I'm alone, I want to see other people, I want my kids to get out, I want to get out, I've got no peace. God, what's your direction in this today? I need peace. God, I am warring in my head. I feel like I've messed up so bad, God. That I don't even feel like I can fight this war. I feel like I've fallen so short. Remind me of what your salvation did for me. Remind me that I am the righteousness of God in Christ and his spirit dwells in me. Remind me that the price that you paid means that I can stand boldly before the Father. Remind me that I am called an heir of God, a son and a daughter, a priest and a king. Remind me that your blood covers everything. God, there's places in my life that I know I have lies and I can't seem to get past them. That I live from this place of worthlessness, that I live from this place of not enough, God. Lies, I need your truth. I need your truth so that I can be armed for today. I'm struggling today, God. What part of my life, what pieces of my life am I weak in? What places of my life have I not put the armor on? Where are the places? God, it's an invitation with him. To put your armor on. Can I say, church, put your armor on, put your armor on. Put your armor on. So then verse 10, we've got Nehemiah. So now he's talked back to them and he's like, there's no truth, guys. Trying to stop me. Get lost. So verse 10 uses someone to prophesy over him. He goes, later I went to visit Shemaiah. He'd been uh, confined to his home. He said, let us meet together inside the temple of God and bolt the door shut. Your enemies are coming tonight. That's what the guy said. Let's, we better meet in the temple. We better lock the doors because you're going to die tonight. Hmm. Is there anybody here? You don't even have to put up your hand. Maybe you're online who has been fighting fear of death, that the enemy is saying that your days are numbered. I don't know if you're online or if you're here, but God's just saying that somebody that's fighting, that's a lie, that's the enemy. You will live and you will not die. You will live and you will not die. And when those thoughts come, that fear of death, that that the enemy is saying, you're not gonna make it. Don't even worry about it. You're not gonna make it. Listen to me, you say, I will live and not die. That God has plans and purposes for you. You will live and not die. So he says, we better do this. We're going to, 
you're going to die tonight, so we better meet. And he goes, but I replied, should someone in my position run from danger? I love this so much. It jumped out at me when I heard it. Because I thought, should someone in my position, me, should someone in my position run from danger? Should someone in your position run from danger? What position are you? You're seated in heavenly places. What position are you? You're the righteousness of God in Christ. What position are you? You are a son or a daughter of the Most High. What position are you? You are a king. You are a priest. So should someone in your position run from danger? No. You're covered. You have authority. You have the victory. So then he keeps saying, should someone in my position enter the temple to save his life? No, I won't do it. I realized that God had not spoken to him, but that he had uttered a prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambalt had hired him. Verse 13, they were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin. Then they would be able to accuse and discredit me. The enemy would like nothing more but for you to fall. And he showed me this that, so that he can accuse you. The Bible says that he is the accuser of the brethren. That if I can get you to sin and then I will accuse you day and night, sinner. You fell again. This was the last time. God forgave you so many times, but this was the last time. How can he even trust you? You keep falling. You keep saying sorry. Do you think he's going to believe you after a while? Come on, he's the accuser. And he goes, he goes, he's trying to intimidate me, to cause me to sin, so that he can accuse me, so that I'll be discredited. Let me tell you something. You discredit yourself. God does not discredit you. But you'll begin to draw back and say, I did, this was the last time, you're right. How can he even trust me again? Who do I think that I am? Don't buy it. Don't buy into that lie. You are not discredited. And I, I felt like even as I was studying this, and I, I don't know who it's for, but I felt it deep that someone feels like God gave up on me. And he rightly should. That's what you think. He rightly should. I'm a mess. I can't even get a handle on my own life. It's okay. It's okay. I will. I will love him. Here's another thing. You'll never fly as high. That's a lie. That's not the truth. God did not discredit you. This way that the enemy is working in this time, do not buy it. So then he says, remember, oh God, all the evil things that Tobiah and Sambalt have done and remember Nodiah the prophet and all the prophets like her who have tried to intimidate me. And then right after that, I love this, verse 15, 
All these things are happening. He's being intimidated. The enemy keeps coming after him. He's trying to slander him. And then verse 15, he writes, So on October 2nd, the wall was finished. <laughs> Just 52 days after we had begun. When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. We will rebuild. You will rebuild your life. Good will come. And you will recognize that this was done with the help of God. And the enemy knows it. And so he tries to oppose it. But listen to me. At the end of this year, you will say, I'm not the same person that I was because God has done a work in me. He has rebuilt the issues of my life. He has rebuilt the places of my life, the foundations of my life that were weak. I am not the same person that I was. And I didn't do it on my own. It was God. And so I come today and I say, don't, do not, not in this season. I know you feel tired. I know you feel discouraged. I know some of you have fallen. Don't give up. Don't give up. God gave me this verse a couple of weeks ago, feeling the same way, feeling just tired. And he said, verse, Galatians 6, verse 9, and don't allow yourself to be weary in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you have planted is coming. It's coming. You're in a season right now. You're in a waiting season. You're, you're in a working season. You're in a walking through it season. Whatever season you're in, understand that the season of harvest is coming. Good is coming. I feel this and I'm going to say it again. The Lord says, do not give up. Verse 10 says, take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to your brothers and your sisters in the family of faith. And I read that and I thought, what an interesting thought to be like, don't give up. Good is coming. Now in this time, I just want you to make sure that you're being a blessing to everyone around you. Why? Because they're going through the same thing you are. You're not alone. You are not alone. We need each other. And then just this before, Adam, you can, you can begin your way up, but just this before we end. For those that have fallen into sin and you feel like I am just, uh, this is it, get back up. Wayne talked about it a couple of weeks ago and I'm going to say it again. The Bible says the righteous fall seven times, but they get back up. You need to understand you are righteous. When, when, when the Bible says that the righteous man gets back up, he means you. You, that's you. You get back up. And so however you've fallen this morning, get back up. Church, don't give up. Good is coming, but get your armor on. God gives us these strategies so that we can be victorious. I love you guys. 
more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca. Thank you.